From the Summer Skate Studios, this is Analytics and Eyeballs, brought to you by Top Golf. At every Top Golf, it's about fun, climate-controlled bays, and increased safety measures with your choice of games as well as our sports bar and restaurant. See your local Top Golf or topgolf.com. Summer skates, shower shoes and koozies customized for yourself or your entire team. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos from coast to coast and beyond, wherever you need to be, Caesars has a destination that suits your style. Jets Pizza, with six different styles of pizza and eight different types of crust to go with all of our fresh toppings, you can let your pizza cravings run wild. Peterson Toyota, earning the trust of our loyal customers at 4455 South College Avenue in Fort Collins every day for over 50 years. Metro by T-Mobile. Go to MetroByTMobile.com to find your perfect plan, all of which come with the power of T-Mobile's 5G network. M-Drive, our boost and burn is specifically designed to help you get active, get lean, and burn fat. Get yours at mdriveformen.com. Liberty University, strengthen your faith and your game at liberty.edu. Drury Inns and Suites, find out why we say our home is your home. Visit us at DruryHotels.com. And Jesse Ray's Barbecue, award-winning barbecue for your next catered event, concert at Allegiant Stadium, or at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. Analytics and eyeballs from the Summer Skate Studios is a part of the Ice Time Hockey SW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein. Welcome in, hockey fans. It's Monday night, so that means it is analytics and eyeballs as the uh, Stanley Cup Final Game 3 goes on. This one is getting ugly quick, folks, uh, as the Tampa Bay Lightning are flexing their muscle with a 3-1 lead uh, early uh, in the second period. Um, The Avalanche apparently forgot to bring their legs and their skates with them. Scott Strandy with you tonight in Denver, Colorado, my co-host. Uh, Paul Hornstein joining me from 10 feet below sea level in Long Island, New York. Paul, your Tampa Bay Lightning have come to play hockey, and they are tearing it up tonight. Okay, first of all, let's 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 get over this, okay? Um, first, the, the the fact of the matter is, this is the first game that Vasilevsky has looked like Vasilevsky. Okay, so let's. <laughs> That's because he didn't the, have a morning is, skate today. That's why. This is. This is the first game where this guy has looked like uh, the guy that's beaten my Islanders for the last two years. Because if he'd have played like the first two games uh, against the Islanders, the Islanders would have been to two straight finals. So let's 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 get that straight first. <laughs> Second of all, the Avalanche are playing um, like dogs. Yeah, you're right. No, just you gotta sit. You gotta sit there and 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 I give the Avalanche all the credit in the world for the way they played games one and games two. But you want to sit there and say, "Oh, the the real temp, the 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 real Tampa Bay showed up to." Yeah, that's right. They the first. The, this is the first time they've looked like the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions, and it, actually, they looked pretty good in Game One. Let's 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 be real here. It's not like uh, they got blown out two games in a row. They lost the first game in overtime and came back from a two-goal deficit. So let's get this straight, okay? They're the uh, better team. Is what you're saying? They might no. What I'm saying is we don't know yet. What I'm saying is they certainly <laughs> didn't play like Tampa Bay on Saturday night. Okay. And well, anyway, I, 
And, anyway, and you, and you game three is can't. game three is going on, and we've got a guest to talk about yeah, college hockey. Looking, so let's uh, no, let's we, forget we, about this. No, 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 no. Time, <laughs> we, that, that doesn't mean Ch- Chad doesn't have an opinion here. He's watching these games too. <laughs> All right, Jeez. so let's do that. Let's jump in. Let's bring on the new associate head coach from the Fargo Force, Chad Demers is with us. Chad, you got Scott and Paul with you. As you can see, we got a little battle going on. How are you? I'm doing well. Great to be on with you guys again. Uh, we appreciate you have coming on. And, and, you know, Tampa Bay still got to stay out of the penalty box because they're going to get killed if they keep going back there. Uh, yeah, I, I caught part of the game. I just got done getting my three kids ready for bed, so I've been in and out on the game tonight. Yeah, but I caught, caught a couple goals. We get that. I mean, that's got to take priority. We are coming off Father's Day. Okay, we're gonna put we're gonna put an end to this rumor right off the get go. You did not move back to Fargo because I'm 40 miles away from you, correct? (laughs) Or I was 40 miles away from you? (laughs) Yeah, we we can put that to bed. Yeah, yeah. Well, congratulations on going back home. Can I say that again? Because I said that when you came to Colorado, I said, welcome back home. And now you're going back home again. So congratulations on the new gig. I know. I just kind of go in a circle, right? Just between <laughs> Fargo and Colorado. And but yeah, it's, I'm sick of moving, but no, thank you. It, uh, it is another, I guess, bit of a homecoming. This one's you know, closer to my actual home, uh, which, which, uh, was a big factor in things, but no, it'll be, it'll be great to go back. So let me ask you, okay, go ahead. No, okay. I was just going to say coach, um, getting a chance to, uh, to work with Nick Oliver. Uh, I know that had to be a big influence in it. You guys played together with the force and, and good friends and, and how important was that in your decision to, uh, to take this role? Yeah, it was definitely a huge factor. If, if not, you know, the greatest factor. I will say even before we get to that, like uh, I thoroughly enjoyed my time uh, at Air Force. Those guys are fantastic. They took great care of me, great mentors, and, and they do an, a, a great job there. And and Frank is uh, – Frank takes care of his boys. He'll tell you that, and he, and he really does. So um, tough, tough to leave. Um there, when you make a move like this, there's, there's never one thing, you know, that as far as factors in leaving, you know, it's always a number of things, just like there was a number of factors and why I chose to come here this past season. Uh, same thing going back uh, to Fargo uh, for another stint there, but uh, Nick being the coach there, our relationship, you know, we go back a long, long time. You know, he's one of my best friends, also happens to be a great hockey coach who's done really well for himself. So that was definitely at the top of the list as far as reasons for going back. All right. So is there anything in particular? Because obviously, is there anything in particular that you're going to take with you from your job as the guy in charge of hockey operations at Air Force that can directly translate to what you do on the bench here in Fargo? Yeah, I think so. I mean, a a lot of my job here at Air Force was a lot of the video work. So uh, I feel like I, you know, got a good education in that space. Um, You know, the software may not be the same, but, you know, I'm pretty – 
kind of sharpen my skills in that area. And then also just, just observing and watching guys like coach Joe Doyle and, and Frank and, you know, Joe with how he, you know, just commands a room and his presentation skills. And, um, you know, he's really sharp in that area. And, and, and Frank just from, you know, uh, kind of in that same, um, area of commanding a room, not, not just with our team and our players, but with the media, with the fans, with everything that surrounds the program and just how he, um, you know, kind of, I don't want to say controls everything, but he's just, he's a really good kind of head of state or uh, command in chief or commander in chief at the top of just uh, making sure everything runs smoothly, smoothly and, and getting our fans and our community around our team. Like he's, he's really good in that area. Chad, we just say that's Frank being Frank and and that's really (laughs) all you need to say. Yeah. Yeah, he he's got a talent for it. There's no question. Like he he gets a crowd riled up better than anybody I've ever seen. And he, he you know what? He'd be if he wasn't coaching, he'd be great on TV. Oh yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> Chad, yeah. Chad, let me ask you this: um, coming back, you, you you get the job, uh, or they make the announcement at least on June first. You immediately have to jump into your main camp. I send you a congratulatory text, and and I didn't realize that you were jumping right into a main camp. But um, how was that, and, and how excited were you to be back on the ice doing that type of thing with the force? Yeah, it was, it was a bit of a whirlwind. Um, you know, obviously, I I knew about the job. You know, even before I was announced, so I'd had time. You know, working uh, with our staff one for the USHL draft that happened, uh, in May. And then also, um, mm-hmm. or May or April, I can't even remember now, but, uh, <laughs> and then, and then going into our main camp, helping out with that, uh, helping to fill it, um, putting teams together, working with Nick and our general manager, Carrie Eads, as well as our new, um, you know, part owner, Matt Cohen, who's people are probably familiar with that name. Uh, you know, three Stanley Cups, over 1,500 games in the NHL. He's, you know, the biggest uh, biggest hockey name in, in the Fargo-Moorhead area by a mile. But he, uh, you know, he's heavily involved now too, which, you know, talk about factors and, and coming back. You know, my conversations with Matt were a big part of that as well. And, um, you know, he's putting his stamp on the organization and, and that's all positive and positive changes there. But, yeah, came back. Um, and yeah, it got thrown right into the fire and, uh, but that was a fun part of it is, you know, main, we, the way we run in Fargo is we run a prospect camp, uh, for about two and a half days. Then we have main camp for three days and, um, you know, just getting thrown back in the mix, you know, and they're, they're long days. It's kind of a grind getting through camp, but when you're there doing it with, you know, one of your best buddies who's now your coworker and then, you know, just other really good hockey people around you. It, it's actually a lot of fun uh, going through and, and, and building your team, you know, you're building your team for the next year. It's a little bit different in that sense than, than college hockey is, you know, it's, it's almost, you know, closer to a pro model. Um, and, and that's the fun part really. And, and we had a blast doing it and I'm, and I'm happy with how uh, our 30 man roster is, is, shaking out right now okay so when you say camp now for those of us that are not as familiar with the way the ushl works in terms of 
these types of things. Are you taught? It's not tryouts, right? You're you're talking about yeah. the players that you have on your roster. No, no, it, no. It actually is tryouts. So, okay. you know, we're a draft league. You, you you draft players. You get so you get players rights through the draft, and then um, you're also you know have your roster that's already in place plus free agents that you can add. But the way we do it is we bring. Uh, everybody to camp and you can't keep everybody. So even there, you know, there might be drafted players that you took just a month earlier that, that, you know, just aren't going to have a great development opportunity with us. So, you know, a lot of them have, uh, they kind of already have their plan B in place. And for those that don't like, we make it a priority um, to find those guys a good home. Um, And, you know, there might be players that, that don't make our team this year, but they're going to stay on our affiliate list. So we want to make sure, you know, that they're in a good developmental spot for this season so that next year they're ready to play for us. So there's kind of a lot that goes into it between your, your roster and your affiliate list. Um, And you just try to do the best you can as far as, you know, your team for this year, but also looking into the future and, setting your organization up to have organizational depth, you know, for years to come. You know, Chad, uh, we talked last year about the fact that um, COVID uh, created kind of a a little uh, void, if you will, and everything. Is that starting to work itself out now as far as the transfer portals and and guys aging out and uh, all of that stuff? Are you starting to see that? Uh, I I think it still has a, a big effect on things um, trying to get my years straight here. I think there's still two more seasons of players getting a fifth year. Right. So yeah. that that's still, uh, it's definitely still a factor. I mean, the transfer portal was probably busier this year than it ever has been. And I, and I honestly don't, I don't really see that changing. Um, you know, and with that, um, you know, it's been tough for older junior players a lot of them getting pushed back or their, their uh, schools want them to play another year. Um, you know, and then the USHL, you're only allowed four 20 year old players. So it has an effect on like for this year, it has effect on that O2 age group. There's only so many spots to go around and, and not as many are going into school as there have been in the past because of the transfer portal, because of the fifth year and all the things you alluded to. Um, so yeah, it's, we're not, we're not out of the woods at all. Um, in, in that aspect. Okay. So how many players do you have to replace from last year? Uh, it's close to half our, our roster, which is kind of pretty typical, uh, in our league. It varies year to year. Every year, I was I was in Fargo, you know, three years uh, before, so I've been in the USHL quite a bit, and that that's pretty typical. Usually, about half of the roster. Chad, the uh, the Force have had uh, a number of really solid years. I mean, pretty much ever since they came into the USHL, they've been a really strong uh, program. But um, talk a little bit, if you can, about producing the talent that goes on. I know Paul's excited because Ryan Alexander's uh, on his way to Arizona state and uh, he becomes one of uh, seven 
Ryan's. I'm joking. Yeah, well, <laughs> Three or four, I think. But, but anyway, has all the Carters, <laughs> right? And uh, and and you got another one in Kyle Smolin, uh, who uh, is another Arizona State commit. So um, talk a little about if you can, uh, just how you guys make these guys ready for the uh, the uh, NCAA ranks. Sure. Yeah. No. It's uh. Yeah. That's one of the exciting things too about coming back to the USHL is like you know we're we're the top junior league in the United States. Um, you could argue that the USHL in the past, I don't know, five, seven years has been the top junior league in the world. It's right up there with Canadian uh, major junior, you know, just as far as, you know, not only just the amount of NHL draft picks that we've had at, in our league, but the number of first round picks, um, you know, that played in our league, you know, it's really it's, it's amazing and it's, it's good for our league. And we just have, uh, you know, as far as getting guys ready, you know, I know in Fargo, like, yeah, college hockey is definitely a priority and we want to develop guys and we want to make sure our goal was to make sure they were impact freshmen was our goal is we want them to be impact freshmen, but we also want our guys to, hang on to their pro dreams or their dreams of playing in the NHL. And we want guys to pursue that. So, uh, you know, we really treat them at least we did when I was there. And, and that's how we'll do it this time around again, is we treat them like professionals. Um, and we're trying to get them ready, not just for college, but for the NHL or for the American league or European pro hockey, whatever it is. Um, you know, mm-hmm. obviously that's another benefit, now that that Matt Cullen can bring to the group is like he can no kidding. Hey, this is this is what we did in the NHL, and this is uh, you know what we did for the guys who played at the highest level. And you know, obviously, we don't have quite the resources the NHL has, but in Fargo, we we have a very we have very good resources for development. Um, essentially, unlimited ice time. You know, guys aren't. Um, you know, get, we have players who are still going through high school and that sort of thing, but all our guys are online. Um, so it's flexible. Um, and you know, we can, we can do a lot of training and I think we can do a lot more training than you're able to do at the college level. Just, you know, we're not constricted by the hours, not, not as constricted by school, um, and that sort of thing. So, um, it's really just a great place to develop get ready to be an impact freshman in college and ultimately, uh, you know, try to be a professional hockey player. Well, here's the next question I have. And, 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 and obviously I, I have the roster in front of me and I'm just curious because you would know, I see a few names on there that are familiar to me, uh, names such as, uh, Smolinski and, uh, and 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 uh, Langenbrunner, and I think there was one more. Um, what did I miss? I think I'm missing one somewhere. Oh, Knubel, probably. Knu- yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. uh, are those yeah. are those uh, genetically uh, implicated there? The way I think. Yeah. Yep. You okay. got it right. F- father, son, all three of them. Okay. So yeah, pretty good pedigree for those three guys. So uh, that... Actually, uh, Smolinski and Langenbrunner are both moving on to college. Right. Um, so, so they won't be back with us this year. Cole Knubel will be back with us, you know, and and uh, is expected to be a, a real good player for us this season. 
Okay, now I assume that has to help um, not only with um, with with you know getting guys to sign that um, I think you use for lack of a better term whatever free agency uh, kind of guys you have. Hey, listen, we have NHL uh, offspring playing here. We know what it takes, et cetera, et cetera. I assume that can't hurt, right? Definitely, it can't hurt. And like I mentioned before, we're a draft league, but there is an element of recruiting that comes into it um, as well. You know, whether, you know, you might have a kid who's thinking of going to play major junior instead of the college route. Um, You know, you might have a European player that doesn't know anything about North America or about the USHL um, and those kinds of things. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it can't hurt. And uh, now having another, you know, longtime NHLer on our staff who's able to, you know, have a talk with a kid and his family and and just kind of inform them about the development path and our vision here. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just it goes a long way. Uh, how many uh, non-North Amer- is there a limit? Like some leagues have limits on guys that uh, they can bring in from out of the country or from specific areas. Does that exist in yep. the USHL? Yeah, so we have a limit of six imports. Okay. Uh, um, and you have to have at least, trying to think of the number, there's a certain number of uh, that have to be Canadian, so they can't all be Euro- European players. Okay, so the Canadians are included in that in terms of imports. Correct, yes. Okay. Chad, let me ask you this, um, but kind of back on the college scene, but – uh, last year, um, Air Force got a chance to play Lindenwood. Now Lindenwood is uh, an NCAA school, and um, Air Force is going back there again. As we know, Frank will always uh, uh, help grow the game, and, man, that's a big step to, to give up uh, two games to go play at a new program. But um, what are your thoughts on all these new uh, programs starting up or coming back? And you got to be excited about that too, I'm guessing. Yeah, I mean, I think it's great for college hockey, um, you know, as long as, as schools are able to do it the right way. Um, you know, obviously we've had a, a number of kind of save the program um, deals that have gone on, which which has been unfortunate. Um, you know, hopefully we won't have to have as many of those. But, um, you know, I think, like, take a look at Augustana, you know, what they've done there and the support they've been able to get uh, behind that expansion team uh more or less and um and they were able to get into a conference uh you know right away even before you know they still aren't even playing for another year and they're already in a conference and that i think the biggest thing with with those teams and, I, and i'm not the smartest guy uh you know in this area by any means so no but you uh, are the smartest guy in this podcast <laughs> but so i don't <laughs> i don't necessarily know all the details but i just getting into a conference is so important for a lot of these schools. Um, so moving forward, you know, depending, I don't know, on the, on the number of, of new schools that are potentially going to start a program, um, you know, where the number of conferences will probably also have to change, um, you know, to make room for them. But I, I, th- I do feel like that's probably where college hockey is going. And I think, I know there's enough good players out there to, to do that and not water down, you know, the talent level too much. And I, I think it's great for, for the schools and, 
and everything is, you know, talk about growing the game. Like that's, that's growing the game right there. And I, I think it's all positive. Let, let me follow that up real quickly. If I can, um, I, Paul and I talk a lot about the independence and the importance of a conference as well. And one of the things, uh, Chad, that, that I worry about is, and, and worry's probably not the right word <laughs> since I'm not the one doing this, but um, from, from a distance, as I watch players come up and I see how competitive they are at the USHL, and obviously while they're there, they want to improve, but they want to win a championship. And then I look at teams that aren't in a conference, and I'm going to use Arizona State last year as an example. Um, they had a pretty solid roster, but yet uh, when they played Minnesota State in January, that was kind of the death nail uh, as far as their national tournament bid. And I said to Coach yeah. Powers and I said to Paul, I said, um, how does that work, I wonder, for players? Because when you realize that you're there to win a national championship or you'd like to win a national championship, and then all of a sudden it's, it's over in January and you got to play out the string. Um, how difficult is that? Yeah. To me, it'd be challenging. And, and actually I have a, a firsthand account of that. Like when I was coming up through the USHL in my last year, Penn state was just going to division one. And that was a major concern for me uh, as a recruited athlete. Um, I think each individual it's, you know, has their own unique situation. Um, but for me personally, I wanted to be playing for something and have an opportunity to play in the national tournament and have an opportunity to play for a national championship. So I think from a recruiting aspect, it, it definitely makes a difference. Now, obviously Arizona state, I mean, they're, they've done incredible with, with their program and, you know, it's just going to go up and up from here. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, that's challenging. It's probably Powers is obviously, you know, he's done a great job recruiting and selling it to the guys he's got there. I just know for me personally, it was, it was kind of something that was tough to to swallow is going somewhere and and not, you know, being able to compete for a championship right off the bat. And one more thing, Paul, and then you can jump in on this. But um, you know, last year at at uh, and, and I think Air Force was a great example of this. You guys uh, didn't have the best year. You had the youngest team probably in the country. You had to build all season long, but you had a conference tournament to get into. And you were scary. You were one, one win away from going to the national tournament. Um, so that's what I'm talking about is like uh, with that conference tournament, at least guys still had something to play for. And I'm sure you saw it in the guys at Air yeah. Force. They were jacked up even though they, they probably – didn't have the greatest record, right? Yeah, I mean, I think you could kind of sell that. Like, uh, you know, it's really all about peaking at the right time. You know, and, and we've had the odd year at Air Force where we've been an at-large bid uh, before, or sorry, uh, an automatic qualifier um, before. Uh, but for the most part, we've had to win our way in. And, you know, and Frank, it, you know, since he's been there, the regular seasons have been – pretty good now as as you stated we were a little younger this year uh last year's team struggled um so there weren't a lot of expectations and you know even from the get-go like we we were never a bad team but you know we were probably you know just middle of the pack um average team but it's all about peaking at the right time and 
then you never know what can happen. Obviously, we go into West Point. We sweep them, a really tough place to play against our rival. We're playing our best hockey of the year at the right time. Um, you know, go to the Final Four in our conference, play really well against uh, a really good RIT team and, and knock them out um, and find ourselves in the championship game. Now, the championship game didn't go well for us, but, you know, it just showed, like, we were playing our best hockey at the best time of year, and you never know what can happen. And that and that's the fun part about college hockey is you can always, you can always win your way in through the conference tournament no matter how the season's gone. Um, give us a feel because I, I was at West Point for that playoff series. Um, and you can only get so much of a feel, uh, sitting up in the, in, 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 in this, in the cheap seat, so to speak. What is it? What, what was, what are those games like when you're directly involved in those? Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's anything like it really in college hockey, just, you know, I know there, there's bigger ranks, there's bigger crowds, you know, whatever. But, you know, as far as the passion in those games and the respect the two programs have for one another, like it's just such unique. It's a unique series during the regular season, let alone, you know, on the road there in a playoff series. Um, and again, a series, not just one game. Um, so, yeah, it's just it's just electric. And and, you, you know, it's it's interesting too. Cause like our fans travel really well. We have fans all over the country. Obviously we got people stationed all over the country that right. support our team and retirees and stuff. So even though we're on the road at West point, I mean, close to half the buildings probably in air force jerseys and stuff, it's almost a 50 50 split. So yeah, it was just, it's an incredible atmosphere. And then, you know, we had, we had the unfortunate incident, the first shift of the game with, you know, their, yeah. um, you know, their best player getting injured and kind of a scary scene, which um, kind of took the wind out of everybody's sails there with the long delay, you know, thank God, uh, you know, he, he was all right. And he actually just yep. signed a pro hockey deal. So he's yeah. good for him. That that's, that's good for, good for him. And that's good for our conference too. And, and good for the service academies to move guys on. But uh, that's a bit of a side note, but yeah, it was just the energy in there was just so loud and, and then that happens to kind of silence the building. But, you know, then for the rest of that game, you know, into the next, it was just an incredible atmosphere. You know, we win a game in overtime uh, the first night and then, you know, end up uh, winning again to move on. It was a special moment for our team. All right, so so now that you're... Okay, go ahead, Paul. No, go ahead, Scott. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, Chad, now that you're back in the USHL and it doesn't take a genius to look at the uh, the records of the teams and the guys uh, and the teams that are winning um, uh, championships, but how good has the USHL gotten over the years since you played in it? I mean, just balance-wise. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it seems like it just continues to get better and better, and it was it, it was good. It was good when I was in the league in 2008, but, yeah, there's just – I'd say there's just a ton of parity in the league. Like every organization does such a great job. Um, you know, you, th there's no easy games. There's no easy games, especially in the Western conference, you know, where we play, like it's a, it's a men's league. It's, it's tough. Uh, there's a lot of high end talent, high end skill. And just, I feel like the coaching 
in hockey has gotten so good. Like the video work has gotten good, the prep, the skills coaches, like just there's been such a emphasis put on player development, um, you know, as well as winning, but, you know, kind of both areas, player development kind of goes hand in hand with winning, in, in my opinion, and just across the board. I mean, look at Madison, the Madison Capitals are just in the Clark Cup finals. And, uh, you know, they got a new staff in there and they turned things around in a real hurry and had a really good team. And that was a team that, you know, historically hadn't been that strong, but it's just the league continues to get better and better. And um, like I said, just across the board, the talent level, it's really deep. There's a ton of parity. It's great. It's great for our players. Okay. So, you're now in a situation where, I mean, you've been there before. Um, I would assume, and like I said, this is, I am a neophyte when it comes to this type of stuff with the USHL. I mean, obviously, um, you know, it's, it's hard enough to kind of uh, get a grasp of all the college teams, the, the, the junior teams, you know, eventually I'll get there. But um, I would assume that the, there are rivalries the Sioux Falls and Sioux City uh, oh, yeah. with, with, with forgetting, you know, just uh, based on geography? Oh, definitely. Uh, honestly, the way – so since the COVID year, um, we stopped playing uh, cross-conference, right. uh, at least Fargo did. Some of the teams that are close geographically still play a few out-of-conference games because they're right. easy to get to. Um but so we played just in the Western Conference. So you can oh, imagine, old, I think. That's old yeah. school right there. Holy smokes. Yeah. So I think we played Sioux Falls like nine times. Um, so, yeah, you can imagine the bad blood that gets created there. And and we've had, uh, you know, just, just in my time there, there's obviously a ton of history, but in my time there we had some epic battles with Sioux City uh, in the Clark Cup playoffs. Um we have a level of respect for them, but there is also a level of, I, I don't want to say, say hate. Say it, but, say know. it, say it. No, no, don't no, say <laughs> it because that's well, what hey, it is. You, you can go and look at, uh, you know, when we beat them, you know, they won the Clark Cup this year. Good for them. Uh, two years ago when, when we uh, knocked them off, uh, there's uh, quite the line brawl there towards the end of the game, um, which – you know, didn't go over too well with our staff and something we remember. I'm sure something they remember. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely some animosity between organizations, but there is a, also a high level of respect. And, um, you know, that's, that's what's great about our game. You want to have intense rivalries. The fans love it. You know, the a lot of those fans go to every game too, and they've been there for years, and they, they understand the rivalries and the, the hatred for one another and that sort there of thing. Go. And, and – uh, Hey, USHL fans, they, they can get pretty wild too in some of these small small towns and smaller arenas that we play in. It's it's pretty fun atmosphere. Listen, I I, I, I am an Islander fan and I there and so I don't need to tell you that there it's hatred. That that's all there is to it. And I don't <laughs> I, I don't wanna you know, um, that school down south from where I went to school doesn't have a hockey team, but I want them to so we can knock the snot out of them again like they did in the ACHA days. So, yeah, it's hatred, and you can. that's okay. I understand you don't want to say it, but I'll say it. It is. Um, so you got this job, 
and obviously you said that uh, about half the roster is back. Uh, how much time did you have to spend kind of, I guess you're, it's almost like scouting a new team, right? Yeah. Uh, did not have as much time as I would like uh, <laughs> did you ever? for the draft. But, <laughs> I mean, well, I'm talking about the little... returning players. Oh, the returning I, – oh, I got you. I thought you were talking leading up to the draft. Well, I'll get to the uh, draft in a second. Yeah, but... uh, Returning players, um, I was actually familiar with a lot of them because I was still – I never missed a trial camp. That's how okay. That's how uh, little I've been gone. Actually, I've only been gone about nine months. So I actually was in – I was in, involved in the draft last year, involved in – our main camp or our trial camp. So I had a pretty good feel for the team. Obviously they made a couple changes throughout the year, um, but a pretty familiar with all of the returners that we have. Okay. So now I'll get to the draft and, and, and obviously uh, as you go down the ladder, there are far more players that are available to be chosen from because the, the funnel hasn't narrowed down yet. How many players on average does a USHL team look at? When, oh. and, and how do you do it? Forget <laughs> how do you do it? Okay. Well, so first of all, the USHL draft is to, it's split into two phases. So they have the phase one draft which is the 16-year-old draft. So that was all 06s this year. And they're the only players available to be chosen. The next day is the Phase 2 draft, where now you could draft anywhere from 02s, which would be 20-year-olds this year, to through 06s. So you could still take 06s on the second day who didn't get taken in the first day. Um, the thing that's unique about the USHL, you know, compared to say like the North American league or something is, um, you know, we, we have a limit on 20 year olds. Yes. But we also have a limit on, um, you have to have a certain number of 16 year olds. You have to have a certain number of 17 year olds. You're only allowed a certain number of 18 year olds. So there's, you know, they, they don't want it to be, it's a development league, right? So they don't want teams just stacking up 20 year olds to win championships. That's defeats the purpose of development. So, there's, there's requirements on U16 players that you have to – or, sorry, on U18 players right. that you have to have on your roster. Um, so as far as the draft, yeah, there's strategy, and every every organization does it different, but there's a fine balance of – I would just say there's a balance of guys who are going to, no kidding, be ready to play for you this coming year and you know that and also backfilling players for the future as well. And like I said, each organization kind of has their own um, mentality or their own idea of how to manage that best. But um, that, you know, that's what uh, organizations and GMs, what they're looking at, what they're deciphering when they're going through the draft. Well, the, the closest thing I can figure or compare this to is a major league baseball drafting high school players. Now you guys are doing the same thing in, in a manner of speaking. Um, how much, I mean, it, 
it's got to feel sometimes how many times you sit there and say, I just have a feeling about this guy because you can't know everything about every player, right? No, I mean, it's tough. And you're, you know, we literally have, we're drafting players from the whole world. So that's, that's a challenge. You know, we're not just drafting regionally or, or, you know, like in college, like Nick Oliver, like he used this example on an interview he was doing. It's like, you know, and they kind of had their wheelhouse, so, so to speak, you know, at St. Cloud where he was at as far as right. kind of geographically, you know, where they've had success with players where for us, it's kind of wide open and it's, it's, you know, here to Canada to, to Europe and, and everything. So it's a matter of doing your number one, do you like the player and why do you like, um, you know, whatever Two, will that player actually come? Um, you know, what, what are their options for this coming season? Um, you know, most of the kids in the USHL, they have advisors now or right. you know, guys who are going to end up being their agents. So the agents, you know, they, the agents are, they're quite influential in our league. So it's important to have a good relationship with them, um, you know, as, as well as high school coaches, midget coaches, whatever it might be, college coaches, if a kid's committed, um, try to get everybody on the same page of, you know, what's the best, best path for the player. Um, you know, with at the same time trying to build uh, as strong a roster as we can. So there, there is a ton that goes into it. Uh, yeah. It's one, one thing I, you know, I've told, you know, even friends of mine who, who don't really understand who, you know, might think you, know, you just go to a game and you just, you just pick out the best players and then you draft them. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> there's a little more to it than that. Like, yeah, you, you gotta know the, the backstory and what the kids plan is and all there. You gotta, you gotta do your due diligence for sure. Well, because you guys are also, and it's gotta be weird because like I said, you guys also have to be recruit, you know, doing this stuff at the same time. The colleges are recruiting players. No. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it, it all kind of goes hand in hand. Um, which can actually work in your, in your favor once in a while, you know? Uh, right. Yeah. I mean, you, a lot of times we'll, you know, you can work together with a school on, you know, if they're, if we're, if we're recruiting a kid or we're going to draft a kid and they're recruiting the same player at the same time, you know, it's, it's definitely important to have a good relationship with the colleges. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's really common. Like at our main camp, for example, like there was 30 division one schools at our main camp. And, and that's, a, that's kind of a sell for, for players say who maybe we didn't draft them, but Hey, you right. can come to our camp. Like there's only, what is there now? Hey, I should know what say there's 16 now, USHL listen, teams. Enough, listen, there's, oh, 16, there's six. Okay. Yeah. And there's 60, whatever college teams. <laughs> So like, just cause you're not playing in our league doesn't mean, so it's really, you know, it's, it's a really good showcase for these guys to come and just get seen by college coaches as well as some NHL scouts that were in attendance. Okay. So here's my final one for you. Um, And thanks for coming on and spending some time with us, man. We always love talking hockey with you. Um, But, but Here's part one. It's got to do with the, the two different levels. You're talking about 16-year-old kids coming in, and you're mixing them with 16 to 20-year-olds. 
um, and they're going through high school and some aren't. And um, obviously that's got to be a bit challenging, a lot different than what you had at say the Air Force Academy, right? It's, it's more challenging um, probably because at the Academy, as you know, it's quite, re- <laughs> it's quite regimented. Um, you know, guys, they're on a schedule every day and it's, it's demanding and they kind of, they have to have good time management and, and all that sort of thing in junior hockey. The guys tend to have a lot more free time, uh, you know, potentially more opportunities to get in trouble. Hopefully, you know, we don't have any issues with that, but you know, they just have, they have a little more freedom um, than they would at the Academy. Now the Academy is different than most colleges. I can't speak to the other colleges, but um, yeah, so that's, that's something we definitely just kind of have to, keep our finger on and you know, just keep our guys on the right track and give them, give them some free time, but maybe not too much. Okay. My final one for you is um, you now got an owner, at least part owner and Matt Cullen, a St. Cloud guy, an NHL guy. You got Nick, a St. Cloud guy. You got you an yeah. air force guy. And then you got the GM. And uh, I'm guessing the GM's got you riding a bike and, and uh, canoeing and uh, camping, or is that just him? <laughs> <laughs> and I can jab Kerry because I know him yeah. for years, so I can jab oh, him. So <laughs> he's leaning into it now. Kerry, Kerry's a great. He's a great follow during the summer months. He's got oh the best. He's got his um, his RV, Cato. I think it's name and he puts a lot of miles on that thing. And he, de- you know what, he, he enjoys his summers, but he always, uh, you know, he, he, he works extremely hard during the year. And then as he tells us, you got to recharge the batteries and he knows how to recharge the batteries for sure. Absolutely. Well, tell, I don't know if you knew this or not, but when I was back, uh, even before I did ice time, I had a, a publication in Northern Minnesota called rink Inc. And uh, Matt was the uh, the very first Rink Inc. High School Player of the Year uh, way back when. So him and I have gone wow. way, way back. Uh, so if you get a chance, tell him that we got to talk. <laughs> sure. And, uh, yeah, and I- go from there. But uh, congratulations on the gig. I'm glad you're back there. Uh, I'm glad the family's happy you're back. And I'm sure your parents are happy that you're back close to home as well. Yeah, they're thrilled. Yeah, thanks, Scott. Well, listen, uh, we wish you nothing but the best. Uh, We appreciate you giving us so much time tonight, uh, giving me a lot of information. Hopefully I can process it all. (laughs) And uh, Well, yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, I've been doing this for five or six. How many years have I been doing this, Scott? (laughs) Whatever it is. Uh, You're in five Uh, or six. Yeah, I'm somewhere. So, and and this is a world that was, that is completely new to me when we started. So I knew nothing about hockey recruiting. Uh, I was on the periphery of, of the college game and, and, you know, having grown up here in the New York metro area, you know, this is a pro area. This is not a lot of uh, uh, big college sports area other than, you know, one or two uh, local basketball teams. So, um, you know, this stuff is all new to me, especially when we talk about the development leagues, like, your your league and, and the NAHL, um, so I'm trying to learn it all and, and, and absorb it all and uh, and 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 try to 
keep my eye on 60 college teams. So, um, <laughs> more I than that now, 63 now. <laughs> it's 60 plus, 60, 60 something. It, it varies from day to day, it just depends on what week. Um, so I appreciate, uh, uh, all the information and, and just know that if I'm, if I forget some of it, I'll probably ask you again. <laughs> Chad, before no we let worries. you go, I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask how you're doing personally. Um, uh, how are things uh, and uh, how was the move for you? I know emotionally it, it had to be kind of bittersweet, but I'm glad I'm glad that you're there. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I actually just had uh, a checkup two weeks ago. So right, right before our main camp, uh, went to the dock, uh, everything's stable. Uh, which is awesome news. Uh, it's always a little bit of a relief uh, when you get that three-month checkup, and it's all it's all good. On the moving front, uh, I'm actually still sitting in Colorado. I moved this Saturday, so uh, I got half my house packed up in boxes, and uh, we're getting ready to. We actually we just had the Air Force Academy showcase this weekend, so I was technically still on the clock. So I worked worked that this weekend, and just going to wrap some stuff up here uh, early it. this week. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, last, last week we got, we got our, uh, our basic cadets or our duallys. They're coming in on Wednesday. We got the new class coming in, starting basic training. So, um, that'll be fun. little turnover and a chance to meet all those guys before they get into the thick of it. All right, Chad Demers. Thanks for joining us. Um, Take care, and we'll run into each other, I'm sure, down the road. So, um, like I said, make sure you tell those guys hello, Carrie and Matt, and uh, tell them that I'm not leaving them off uh, off the contact list. <laughs> Sounds good. I got a call with them in the morning. I'll let them know. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Chad. I appreciate it. Right. That's Chad Demers, the new associate head coach with the Fargo Force. Um, great to have Chad on and, and talk, as always. Paul and I will be back in about three minutes to wrap up another episode of analytics and eyeballs where we talk numbers and use our eyes imagine that folks more than 140 live games from the nation's best college hockey conference ready for you wherever you are however you want to watch your favorite team is on nchc.tv on your phone tablet or stream to your tv subscribe now to watch the best in college hockey at nchc.tv if it's nchc hockey it's on nchc.tv at behind the mask we know that players are always messing with their equipment constantly need to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season. Point is that just because you are fully outfitted to start the season doesn't mean you're good for the year. Make sure that you are always supplied with all of the hockey accessories you need by visiting our stores or behindthemask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates, or extra rolls of tape for your stick, at Behind the Mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com. Really, JR, you think you can still do this? I'm focused. You're way too old to hit that target from there. I've been listening to everything you said. It's been running through my head, locked and loaded. Still got it. Still got it. 
Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Phil Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available too for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice? Our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable, show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates, you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. Summer Skate Studios. This is Analytics and Eyeballs. Indeed it is. Our Monday night show, Analytics and Eyeballs, where we talk NCAA hockey. Tonight we stretched it into USHL hockey because, man, oh, man, um, it's getting so close. Scott Strandy with you here in Denver, Colorado tonight. Paul Hornstein, my longtime co-host out on Long Island, New York. And, Paul, every time we have Chad on, you just learn so much, don't you? Well, there's a lot that I don't know, so it's easy for me to learn a lot. So, um, but uh, you know, Chad balancing the the, the transition uh, is an interesting listen. Um, he, you know, it's um, it's a little bit easier, as he said, because he's never really been out of touch with things going on there at Fargo, even though he was in Colorado Springs. Um, but you know, it, it's good for him to get back behind the bench. Right. I mean, when, when, when you're in hockey administration in terms of uh, the day to day things, you know, there's two there's two there's two tracks. Right. There's the GM slash front office track and, and the coaching track. And he clearly wants to be back behind the bench. And uh, this was the perfect opportunity for him and good for him. Uh, they'll miss him at Air Force, I'm sure. Um, and. You know, it's it's good for me because you know some of these things about the various drafting things. Like I didn't know that. Did you? Uh, you might have, but I didn't know they were limited by birth year and how many players they could have in each birth year. I didn't know that. Oh yeah, that's a challenge. It's always been a challenge, especially now with the quality of players that are coming up. It's hard to let somebody go, you know, because of a birth year. And uh, like he was talking about, he's got some guys that are that are grading out and moving on. Uh, Mason Langenbrunner, of course, and uh, Ryan Alexander, a couple of uh, O2s that are moving on. One Langenbrunner to Harvard and Arizona State getting Ryan Alexander, mm -hmm. their seventh Ryan. <laughs> you know, seems I'm going like to keep saying anyway. that. That's only three or four, uh, right. but who knows? There may be more. Anyway, um, yeah, it's always great to talk. Uh, it was really great to, to get him to talk a little bit about new ownership and, and the job that Matt Collins doing. What he's done since he retired from the NHL and moved back to Moorhead and has set up everything. And if you look at the Force uh, website, there's a, a Cullen Force Academy. Um, it was just something that was going to happen. You just had to know it was going to happen because Matt uh, is just so into uh, development. And, um, you know, hopefully we can get him on the show before the summer's over with and, and dig into a little bit about it. But three Stanley Cups cool. uh, in the town of Moorhead, not bad, not bad at all. No, no, not at all. Um, and, you know, that just 
gives you more gravitas as an organization when you have those kinds of Stanley Cups uh, or, you know, that many times your name is on the big giant silver trophy. Um, the, the, the best trophy in all of sports. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it, it, it allows you, uh, maybe to get a little bit in front of some other places that you might not, they might not have necessarily been able to do. Yep, absolutely, 100% correct on that. Uh, and then, of course, Kerry Eads being your former coach and uh, GM, and, of course, we know Kerry's connections with Rick Zombo and the University of North Dakota and all of uh, his now time in, the, in uh, the greatness of college hockey. If anybody knows it, it's Kerry Eads, and to have him as a resource and now Matt Cullen as a resource, man, oh, man, and um, that's not to take anything away from Nick Oliver, who uh, – has earned his spot as the head coach of the force. And uh, speaking of force, I think Nick Oliver and Chad Demers are going to be a force. Those two together, they've, uh, they're good friends. They've known each other for a long time. They're now working together and putting together uh, a game plan every night. I'm excited to see just what the Fargo force does. Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, uh, you, you got to sit there and, and, and these guys have, uh, you know, the his, having the history working together makes a big difference, right? Um, and you're sitting there and you have a situation where there's a lot of familiarity. And so you don't have to sit there and, and, and get a feel out for, 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 you know, who's, you know who's going to do what. There's already that level of, of, of communication and familiarity, where, you know, it doesn't take that long to get that uh, left hand knowing what the right hand is doing, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just looking at their new schedule release, which was just released um, very, very recently, and I see on September 22nd they're going to be hosting Chicago. Boy, I think I'm going up north just a week early as I'm, you know, I'm headed to to see uh, Arizona State and Duluth. Might as well go up a little early and catch that that one because what a great way to start out the year with the Fargo Force and the Chicago Steel doing battle in Fargo. I'm just trying to get to tomorrow and you're worried about September. This is because you have to make the schedule. Fortunately, I don't have to do that. <laughs> yeah, but man, oh man, um, it, it's great. It's great to have those connections. It's great that Chad spends the time with us. Um, I, I think digging into this is so much fun. I hope we can get in touch with Colton St. Clair, who is the assistant coach um, at the Sioux City Musketeers, the now defending champions right. of the uh, Clark Cup, and of course a Gilbert native, and of course a captain at the right. University of North Dakota. So uh, it would be great to get Colt on. I'm still working on it. Hopefully that will happen. In the meantime, I can tell you right now, Paul, there will be at least a game five. <laughs> it's going to be back well, in Colorado because I told you before we came on the show, I said this oh, looks like an 8-4 game to me, and uh, it's uh, 6-2 right now. Listen, when you and, – and this is – I'm not going to knock – this going down to your knees the moment the puck enters your defensive zone is uh, is to me is just the dumbest 
strategy for a goalie, and they all do it. So it's not like one particular guy does this. Okay, right. well, that's because uh, they're all six five. Yeah, well, they're all six five. You have a stick, right? You have a stick, right? No, you have a stick. Well, Vasilevsky does. Let's put well, it that way. We know that he saved three goals the other night in a seven nothing loss with his stick. Yeah. Well, first of all, it's about time. Like I said, he he's playing tonight, like he played in those two series against uh, ASU. Uh, not ASU. The Islanders last year. Okay, so I mean, um, that's just you know I, I don't want to. I'm not sitting here to that. This is this is why Tampa Bay has won two straight cups and trying to win a third. I mean, just you know, um, just you know, you got to sit there and 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 I'm and I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, finally. I mean, he's playing that way. And I shouldn't say he didn't play horrible in game one. He was he was not anywhere near his game in game two. And that's not to take anything away from Colorado. Um, and if you thought this series, even after the first two games, was going to be a sweep, then you're not thinking clearly. You're just those – you can you know the colors better than I do. Something reddish. Burgundy something and blue. Bluish. Yeah, Burgundy and blue. Pom-pom. So, that's, you know, just enough. Well, I'm the, I, I, I don't care about any of that. All I care oh, about is effort. Geez. What I want to see is effort. And and I, when I don't see effort, then something's wrong. And today, Cooper made a great move by uh, giving Vasilevsky the uh, morning skate off, and everybody here in Colorado was losing it. They're going, he's not even going to practice. He's not even going to come to the morning skate. Saturday night. He didn't even dress. He didn't even dress for the morning skate. I know. I'm just telling you what was going on in their heads not not on the team's heads, but clearly Colorado did not bring their skating legs because they are a step behind in every play that's gone on. So uh, when you got a great goaltender and you're not doing what you need to do, and we all know it. I mean, the only way Colorado wins the series is by using their speed and depth. And when they get the, get beaten to loose pucks and give up time and space, they're not going to win many games. They're just not. Well... Like I said, you could not have expected. No, 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 no expectations. No, nothing. No one, nobody expected a sweep. If they did, they were crazy. But you do expect a better effort, um, and it just isn't. Clearly tonight, well, they're can, not. They're not there. I don't know if it can, was the travel or what, but they're just not giving an effort. Why can't this be credit to Tampa Bay? It is credit to Tampa Bay, but okay. that but that doesn't stop your legs from moving. Tampa Bay's not stopping their legs. Their Tampa Bay is a much faster tonight than they they have been in the past. But that's desperation for the most part. They have to win tonight. Of course and, they did. And, and Colorado just slowed down. They slowed down their speed, and that uh, that's a big disadvantage. That's wow. that was their advantage with speed. Now they're standing around watching. Desperation. Gives you, I mean, you can't recreate that. You can't. No, fake no, that. you certainly can't. Okay, you just can't. So, yep. And we'll see what happens in Game Four because, um, once again, until somebody loses at home, you know, it's just status quo. Yep. So, and that means the one that has the most home games wins usually. Well. Um, 
if you win all not, your games at home, the one that yeah, has if, the four if, games if, wins. If, if, if. Right. Um, you know as well as I do, game seven, nothing matters. Right. You nothing, just have to hope you don't get it to a game seven. You, I mean, you get to a game seven and, I mean, I mean, let's face it. Is there anything better from a fan's perspective, but from a player's perspective? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and and you just sit there and and it almost feels like when when you get to a game seven, especially in the final, it almost feels like the entire game is overtime. Yep, it really does because you can't afford any mistakes. And no, you know, you said it best. You said it's going to come down to goaltending, and clearly that's it. Um, the uh, Colorado goaltending has been horrendous. Uh, <laughs> no, Tampa Bay's goaltending wasn't too good in game two, so yeah, but they still got the best goaltender in the they league. They do. Well, that's why, so, was, and like that's said, the difference. That well, is the so difference. far it hasn't been, but we'll see. It's supposed well, to be or should be. Yeah, it, it will be. We'll it'll, it will be when it plays out because we'll, we'll see. The only way that Colorado can win is by by three things: team speed, using their depth, and by protecting their own goal because they they do need a couple extra goaltenders out there because it clearly the two that they have are not not uh stanley cup champion caliber they're not vasileski no they're not even close right they're not even so. close anyway we'll see what happens this one is clearly going to go tampa bay's way there's no chance of a comeback in this one probably not um and we'll see what happens wednesday night we know there will be a game five on friday night for certain and uh, who knows? It may be a six and seven as well. Yeah, we're, we'll we'll see. We'll hope. All right, take it away, my friend. Hey, right, hold on a second. I have a personal note here. To to, to we didn't get to this last night, um, but um, uh, going back to my alma mater here for a moment. Uh, it was announced this weekend or this week, or it would have to be this past weekend. Maybe it was Friday or whatever. Um, but the a senior associate athletic director for media relations at my alma mater, Arizona state, Mark brand uh, has announced he is retiring uh, after almost 40 years. Yeah. Of, that's an incredible, of, incredible stat of being involved over there. Um, he is in the SID hall of fame. And as an alumni and somebody who was there when he started. Okay. Um, anybody that knows about ASU knows about the Cronkite school. And the reputation that it has developed over the years. Um, and it takes a back seat, especially when it comes to, 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 journalism and broadcasting and et cetera, et cetera. It takes a backseat to no one. And that includes that school in upstate New York. <laughs> I love it. Okay. I love it. All right. Um, Coach Camp, are you listening? Because he's challenging you too. Well, yeah, well, that's fine. He can, he, he can be cranky if he wants. Um, <laughs> but this is just facts. Okay. Um, Way, way back in the infancy of the Cronkite School, when long before the internet and long before um, the technology was as good as it is today, 
Um, Mark Brand helped a neophyte school, and it's uh, sports journalists, uh, especially those of us behind the microphone. Um, he is as responsible and his granting of access and his help and his aid and his uh, patience and his trust and his um, care is as responsible for helping develop a, a reputation for sports journalism and sports casting at ASU and the Cronkite schools, anybody who actually worked in the Cronkite school. And he's retiring in a few weeks. And uh, he deserves as much credit as anybody. Uh, he didn't have to let us uh, have the access and the space that he did. And if he had not been so dedicated to helping the students, not just the athletes, but the students at the university, um, I don't believe that that wing of the Cronkite School would be as reputable and as developed as it is today. And all I can say is, Mark, nobody deserves any accolades that you get more than any person involved in that athletic department over the years. And uh, I know nobody who's as loved in that athletic department as he is. Okay. Uh, even if he's not on social media. Okay. Smart man, by the way. Well, he probably is, once again, smarter than anybody on this podcast. Um, and... All I can say is, and I wanted to make sure it gets noted, thank you very much, Mark, for what you've done for the Crockite School and help making it the journalism and broadcasting school in the country. And best of luck to you and your wife in your retirement. And I hope that uh, we get to meet again face-to-face -face other than, e than an email. Thanks, well buddy. said. Take it away, my friend. From the Summer Skate Studios, Analytics and Eyeballs has been brought to you by Drury Inns and Suites, Drury Plaza, Lake Buena Vista. The newest official Disney World hotel is now booking for stays starting this October at DruryHotels.com. Metro by T-Mobile. Switch to our $60 a month plan, which includes an Amazon Prime membership, but you must see one of the stores for details. Buy Summer Skates. Whether you use your own name and number or that of your favorite player, show off your game and style with personalized shower shoes and koozies. See summerskates.com for more information. By Behind the Mask and BehindTheMask.com, no one knows goalies' needs better than we do. See the website for our Three Valley locations and more. Liberty University, strengthen your faith and your game at the premier ACHA M1 program on the East Coast at liberty.edu. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, where our food can be summed up in one word, perfection. By M-Drive, supplements to fuel and refine your drive at mdriveformen.com. Peterson Toyota, 
Our staff at 4455 South College Avenue in Fort Collins works hard to make sure you get the right car that fits your needs, new or pre-owned. Jets Pizza, more than just great pizza, you'll love our wings, sidekicks, and more. Find the location near you at jetspizza.com. And by Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos, where the action is from the Atlantic to the Pacific and around the world. Analytics and eyeballs and all of the Ice Time Hockey SW.com podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app. Available for download at the iTunes Store, Podbean, Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, on the TuneIn app, and so much more. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcasts. Analytics and eyeballs from the Summer Skate Studios is a part of the Ice Time Hockey SW.com network. Very well said, my friend. Our thanks to uh, the associate head coach with the Fargo Force, Chad Demers, for joining us. And now that I look, um, that game against uh, Chicago might not be there. might be in the uh, wherever they're holding the uh, jamboree because I see they have a game versus Chicago on the 22nd and at Madison on the 23rd, and I don't think that's the way it's going to (laughs) fall. So I think they're in one spot somewhere, but... Good luck to the Fargo Force. Uh, again, big thanks to uh, to everybody there for uh, for putting Chad on with us, and hopefully we get to touch base with uh, the new owner, Matt Cullen, and, of course, GM Kerry Eads and head coach Nick Oliver down the road. Um, we'll say goodnight. Little Roger Klein, the Peacemakers. Hello, New Day. Good night, everybody. Good night.